What is up, Big Travi? What is up, Whisper Nation? We are back again. This time, we are talking those wide receiver ones that finished in 2020, if they can repeat in 2021. And if they can't, who are the guys that are going to replace those guys? We're going to talk about all that. And hey, why not a little bit of Russell Wilson talk? Because who can resist a little Russell Wilson talk at this point in the year? Let's get it right here on the Fantasy Whispers. You are watching this and you could do us a huge favor. Go ahead and hit that like button and share on whatever platform you are on. It really helps with the algorithms and helps grow our channel. If you know anything about social media, we are slaves to the algorithms, much like they were slaves in the matrix to the machine. So please help us pull the plug and follow our dream. If you are new to the Fantasy Whispers, welcome in. We appreciate you joining us. Please consider hitting us up with a follow. We release fantasy football content daily. You can find us on our past shows on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Spotify. All you got to do is search the Fantasy Whispers or go to thefantasywhispers.com. We've got links and everything right there. But first, Johnny, you mentioned it at the top. Adam Schefter reporting earlier last week uh, Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson has not demanded a trade. His agent, Mark Rogers, told ESPN, but Wilson has told the Seahawks he wants to play in Seattle. But, and there's always a but, if a trade were considered, the only teams he would go to are the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, and Bears. So kind of giving a little bit of cheese to the Seahawks saying, hey, if you were going to trade me, trade me to these teams. Otherwise, I have a no trade clause. Johnny, if traded, where would you like to uh, where would you like where do you think Russell Wilson uh, would go and, and be the best fit? Uh, I'm going to start the first question off by saying I do hope he gets traded because as a Cardinals fan, I want him out of our division and I don't want to deal with him twice a year. But on a even on a fantasy impact level, right, it would be fun to see him be traded to another team and see what the potential is. And, you know, obviously if that trade, if that team is trading for Russell Wilson, they intend on letting Russell Wilson quote unquote cook, because that's what we all want in the fantasy community, right? Like let Russell Wilson cook. On the other hand, do I think this will happen? That's the other big side of this whole question. You know, the fantasy person in me uh, really wants and thinks that this could happen because, uh, you know, I love to trade and I trade all the time. Uh, I probably hit you up, Big Travity, weekly uh, for for dynasty trades. Uh, so I, I from that can't standpoint, confirm. yeah, can't confirm. Uh, I, I really do hope this happens, but ultimately I just don't see it because of the salary cap and everything like that. Um, I mean, you and I have talked off off. Uh, script here or off show about how likely it would be for the Seattle to be able to pull off a trade like this. And, and it's pretty difficult, you know, cap wise. So I don't think this will happen. Unfortunately, uh, it is fun to think about and, you know, fantasize about, you know, what other assets could be, you know, upgraded if he were to get traded. But ultimately I think he does stay in Seattle and, Listen, this happens, right? Like this isn't the first time that we have seen players get unhappy with their situation and say, "Hey, you Not need the to first fix time this, this offseason." Not the first yeah. time this offseason even. Right. Yeah. Um, you make a lot of great points there, Johnny. Whisper Nation, we want to know what you think. Do you think Russell Wilson will get traded? Go ahead and comment in the comments below what you think about there. I like him going to the Saints, Johnny. If you're going to pick one of those teams on his wish list, I think the Saints are a great fit. Um, obviously, Sean Payton, the mastermind there, who has you know, just done great things for offense 
in New Orleans for the past, you know, 10 years, however long he's been there. Um, you look at the defense. Let's say they don't have to give up a lot of defensive pieces to go and acquire Russell Wilson. Maybe it's future picks. The defense is one that can rival any in the NFL, really, as far as putting pressure. They've got good back end uh, help, too, within the secondary. And then you've got the weapons. If they're able to retain Kamara and Michael Thomas in this hypothetical deal for Russell Wilson, I mean, that's a great combo for him to go and dump the ball off to. I think that's the best of those situations that are listed out of the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, and Bears. But Whisper Nation, let us know in the comments below which team you like best for Russell Wilson to end up to. But Johnny, now we're going to get into it here. We're talking the top 10 wide receivers from 2020 because we want to try and project who we think the number one wide receiver will be in 2021. And so in order to do so, we're going to go through the list because usually especially a wide receiver position, you're going to get some of those repeat guys in the top 10, those guys that are main veins of their offense. And nobody was more of a main vein for their offense this year at the wide receiver position than Devontae Adams. Guys, Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers finished wide receiver one in many formats, maybe wide receiver two, depending on your format, but mostly wide receiver one, 115 receptions on 149 targets, 1,374 receiving yards and 18, that's right, 18 touchdowns. He also missed two games. So uh, just incredible numbers, 30 red zone reception touchdowns. I'm sorry, 30 red zone receiving touchdowns since 2018. That's eight more than any other player in that span has 10 or more touchdowns in four of the last five seasons. You could see a situation where Green Bay could bring in or draft uh, a wide receiver finally, but I still like, uh, you know, Devonte Adams highest graded wide receiver versus single coverage since 2018 uh, better than De Deandre Hopkins. Who's not on that list. PFF gives him a 97.1 score against single coverage. That is elite. And I think, you know, there's a really good shot that Devontae Adams is right back at the top here uh, coming next year. Yeah, if they're going to bet on someone, right, like wide receiver, you're more likely to get a repeat candidate, right, uh, from year to year. And Devontae Adams, like, I mean, you did mention that Green Bay could finally bring in another free agent wide receiver, but they generally don't bring in free agents. It's just something that Green Bay generally doesn't do and so yeah they hopefully will turn to the draft but then you're looking at a rookie who could take some time uh to develop depending on which rookie that is so yeah you're the sky is is really still there for Devonte adams to to meet those expectations uh because the situation's not really no matter what happens you can only say it's only going to get better, right? Like they bring in a rookie or they bring in a free agent. Well, all of a sudden now he's going to get more one-on-one -on -one coverage. And we just said, or you just pointed out that DeAndre How uh, or Devontae Adams has the number one best, uh, highest graded coverage on one-on-one. -on -one. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to what Green Bay does in the other, you know, to go against Devontae Adams on the other side. Uh, but I honestly it's hard for me to see somebody else besides Devontae Adams repeating as a wide receiver one next year. And I think looking at the guy that's coming up number two, Johnny, Tyreek Hill is a guy that I think could actually be number one as well. So, Johnny, why don't you break down a little bit what you see in Tyreek Hill, obviously on that elite offense, but what do you think, you know, he finished his number two last year. He had a he had a mega year, right? Um, a little bit of a down year the prior year before, had some injuries, but last year, 87 receptions on 135 targets, 
over 1270 uh yards receiving he had 15 total touch or 15 receiving touchdowns travis 17 total touchdowns you got to remember they like to use the jet sweeps over there and get tyreek uh you know the ball out of the backfield as well he has finished as a top 10 wide receiver three out of the last four years and he is uh, you know chained to arguably the best quarterback in the nfl right now uh he will be 27 years old at the start of next season which is something to kind of monitor because speed is the first thing that generally uh, does decline when players do get older, but I don't think he's quite at that you know age at 27 is still pretty young, Travis. So I don't think we're at the age where we can start to see him diminish in his speed quite yet. But Tyreek Hill, you know, that's about the age my speed went out was no, 27. Yeah. yeah, and I mean thinking about it, I, I think I think I had another year, maybe 28 for me. But uh, I mean yeah. I couldn't still tell running you running exactly. four fives out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but as far as Tyreek Hill and repeating next year, obviously it's hard to say a player that is tied to Pat Mahomes, you know, barring injury, a significant injury, uh, isn't going to repeat as a top 10 wide receiver. Now, will he be number two? Uh, maybe. I think he would still have to get those receptions and, and he's getting the targets, but I'd like to see him haul in a couple more. But when you're getting deep bombs, it's kind of hard to get, you know, that reception number up. But uh, and 17 total touchdowns might be a little bit hard for him to repeat, but certainly a fun and electric player. Really looking forward to him uh, and what he can do next year, Travis. Hauled in 17 touchdowns, as Johnny just said. That's a lot of hauling in of the touchdowns. We want to haul in more likes and comments, so make sure you're commenting below, you're liking, subscribing to the channel, help us out. The next wide receiver is one of my favorites to talk about uh, just because I was so staunchly wrong on him this past offseason. Um, you weren't the only Stephon one, Dix. Big Travi. Yeah, no. Um, Stefan Diggs, and you know what? To be fair here, I was trying to root for Stefan Diggs, but you and Chelsea got on a podcast with me and, and talked me off the ledge with him. So Stefan Diggs, though, came in number three wide receiver in a monster year. Just got, you know, they had this marriage with Josh Allen over in Buffalo, and it worked out so well. 127 receptions on 166 targets, 1,535 receiving yards, and eight touchdowns. He's never had double-digit touchdowns in a season, so it's not like he he's a big touchdown guy but he got it done last year. Most total touches by a wide receiver in 2020. Uh, that's uh, what you love to see. He had the most 20-yard uh, catches. He has the most 20-plus-yard catches since 2019. Well, second is Chris Godwin with 38. Stephon Diggs has 40. You talk about another mark that he's leading all other wide receivers in, receiving yardage leaders since 2015. Stephon Diggs, 1,535 yards, um, he's just continuing to dominate out there uh, each and every year. And, and, and we thought that maybe going to a neat new team would have knocked him down a peg, but it actually catapulted him into the elite status we thought he could be. Because remember, Johnny, he was playing a lot of second fiddle with Adam Thielen there, and he was the big play guy, but we were just wondering, could he be the all-around threat? He was last year and, and then some, and I, I think he's a – He's a nice bargain guy to stay within the top five. I know he's, it's not really a bargain because he's in the top five now, but you're not going to be drafting him as the fifth wide receiver off the board. So I like that he's going to be a bit of a bargain for a guy could, who could each easily get back in there. Yeah, I mean, one of the 
the one downside you would say, right, is, you know, you threw out the quote uh, or the the stat about the receiving yardage and then you had never seen a wide receiver repeat. Right. So 2015, Julio Jones had eight over 1800 yards. T.Y. Hilton the next year, 1448 yards receiving Antonio Brown, just over 1500 yards. You, you see these guys, they don't repeat. And so one would say, OK, well, then we should automatically not think that Stefan Diggs can repeat this, that he is going to go down. And and I would say, okay, let's presume his yardage maybe does go down a little bit. Maybe they bring in a little bit more offensive weapons or decide to run the ball and he doesn't get quite 166 targets. Although I don't realistically see where he doesn't still get like a north of 150. But even if you were to say that that were to come down and I, I would, I would not argue against that point, right? Well, you look at him, only eight touchdowns, Travis, last year. I think that that is pretty low, um, you know, relative to what he can do. Uh, once again, you said he has never had a double-digit touchdown season, but that's not to say that Stefan Diggs can't do that. And I think that if you were, even if his yardage does come down a little bit, I could see him next year getting into those double-digit touchdowns uh, and really making up for that either way. So I think he's pretty safe for for next year. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. I want to talk about a guy who's probably just as safe, but way, you know, just maybe even more tantalizing upside. That's Calvin Ridley, Johnny. Um, I actually said I want to talk about him, but I want you to get in on there and and talk a little bit more about Calvin Ridley and the monster year he had in 2020. Yeah, so Calvin Ridley had a mega year. A lot of people were kind of on his bandwagon uh, in the beginning of the season saying that he was a sleeper. We were one of those people. We really liked uh, his breakout. Even though Julio was there, we still said he has a talent and a knack for the end zone and getting receptions. He has a rapport with Matt uh, Matty Ice, and and he sure did. He led that to 90 receptions on 143 targets. He had 1,374 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. Travis, in three years of being pro, he has 10 touchdowns, seven touchdowns, and nine touchdowns in a season. He's only had three games all season uh, this past uh, season in which he had less than 12 fantasy points. Uh, and one of those games he didn't even play. So you kind of negate that and you say, OK, in two games in which he played, he he scored less than 12 fantasy points. And then you look at what the situation is, right? OK, I understand that Julio Jones wasn't in a lot of games. He was in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, they were dealing with a lot of last year as far as head coaching goes well this offseason they went out and brought in new head coach and he will run the offense his name is Arthur Smith you'll uh, if, if the name sounds familiar he was the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans and we saw what he what he does to that offense and what he can do and he has shown the ability to support two wide receivers uh, even with you know, one could argue Matthew Stafford and Matty Ice are pretty similar in talent wise. Right. Um, and so you would you would build the confidence. I think Calvin Ridley has a chance to either meet or possibly really break into that top two um, because he's always had the rapport in the touchdown area. And that's where you really need it. And now he's starting to get those targets and the receptions. Travis, I think Calvin Ridley is is here to stay in this top five. Well, and a credit to Austin, who's uh, you know uh, co-host of the show. Obviously, you see him over there on our mock drafts, but he's been saying this for the last few mock drafts we've had, and we we've seen that shift from Calvin Ridley over Julio Jones 
Calvin seems to be the alpha. And obviously a lot of that was based on Julio's injuries, but Calvin seems to be a guy that scores touchdowns with Matt Ryan consistently. And that's not something that Julio Jones really has ever really done. And in a big way, um, doesn't mean that they both can't feast. And I really like Calvin release prospects this year. DeAndre Hopkins came in at number five, Johnny, um, from your Arizona Cardinals out there. And the big question for DeAndre last year, I remember coming into the, the season was, you know, team wide receivers, similar to the Stephon Diggs story, wide receivers who change teams tend to take a step back unless they're transcendent talents, which we have seen now with Stephon Diggs. We've seen it with Randy Moss. We've seen it with some other players uh, in the past that have gone to different teams. Well, DeAndre Hopkins fit the mold of transcendent player and dominated last year. 115 receptions on 160 targets, 1,400 yards, and only six touchdowns. He's finished as a top four wide receiver five out of the last six years. And look, you know, this the sixth one would have been a top four if he could have just snuck into fourth. He was in fifth. Not bad. This will be his second year with Kyler Murray. We do accept the we do expect the Cardinals to draft uh, another wide receiver, but I actually think that could help Hopkins, Johnny, because it could draw some coverage off of him. I really like what we saw with Hopkins' floor. The bottom line is, is you're going to get the target volume from him. You always have, no matter who the quarterback was in Houston, no matter who the quarterback will be in Arizona. Hopefully it's Kyler Murray, obviously. I mean, Hale Murray. We saw it last year. We saw DeAndre get up there and make a boss catch. He's got everything going for him. They've got this offense in a third year under Cliff Kingsbury, a second year for Hopkins and Murray to get together. I really like what I'm seeing. And Hopkins is, you know, if Stephon Diggs is a bargain bet, I think Hopkins is is probably your kind of your, I don't even want to say dark horse. All these guys are good. I think that's the problem I'm getting at is I'm getting through all these guys and I'm saying, man, each one of these guys could easily be like flip a coin uh, for me. I think DeAndre Hopkins is another case like that. DeAndre Hopkins is interesting for sure when you see the development and and him and Kyler get more on the same page. It could be frightening. I'm really excited for DeAndre Hopkins. So, hey, you and sound I know, excited. I, well, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I know that, uh, you know, the Red Sea is very, very excited along with uh, J.J. Watt. So look out. Yeah. Well, another guy that was causing a ton of excitement last year was Justin Jefferson, Johnny. And this was a guy who started slow. Like we did not know if Jefferson was good at football because he just was not beating press coverage in camp, was getting a lot of smack talked on him by his coaching staff. Johnny, I want to, I want you to just go for it, man. Talk to me about Justin Jefferson here. 88 receptions on 125 targets for 1,400 receiving yards and seven touchdowns, Travis. That was something we did not expect at all from Justin Jefferson. I mean, you just touched on the the struggles that he had coming into camp, and he was buried in the depth chart even in the beginning. He was the fourth wide receiver. But then at the end, you know, he he ended up breaking out. He had the most 15-yard receptions among rookies. Uh, Justin Jefferson led with 35 of those. He's had um, a class that consisted of Jerry Judy, T. Higgins, CeeDee Lamb, and Jalen Rieger. And he was able to outshine all of those guys. Wide receivers with seven uh, games of 100-plus yard, yards their rookie season. Since 1960, check this out, Travis. OBJ is is one wide receiver. The other one, Justin Jefferson. That's the end of the list. There's only two wide receivers that have had 
seven games of 100 plus yards in their rookie season and Justin Jefferson was one of them uh, and we and we have you know we were just we've Jefferson been kind of remind you of OBJ a little bit I mean he's not uh, exactly OBJ both from LSU both kind of undersized guys both, both like kind to of dance like they started late um, you know obviously OBJ yeah they both do like to dance yeah. OBJ had the injury his rookie year Jefferson was just kind of slow starter uh, they've got some eerie similarities. If you guys think so, comment below. Let us know what you think about that comparison there. But, Johnny, keep breaking it down on Jefferson. I mean, this guy had a special 2020. I mean, it didn't stop there, Travis, right? Like, we could have stopped there, and we would have said, wow, that was impressive enough. We don't need to go on. But we, we're we the fantasy whispers, and we like to. Because Justin Jefferson recorded a 76.4% success rate versus man coverage. Uh, score and the reception perception last year. Shout out to uh, Matt Harmon who breaks that down. Through his history of breaking that down, only four receivers have cleared the 90th percentile in this metric. One was the guy we just talked about, Odell Beckham. Not a surprise that he would also be in this list. Number two, Tyler Lockett. I was a little surprised on that one, but Tyler Lockett's up there. Number three, also someone we talked about on this list already, and Calvin Ridley. And four is Justin Jefferson. So you're looking at that company of wide receivers. You're saying, all right, wow, this is very impressive once more. And then just to dive just a little bit further, Justin Jefferson also posted a 96th percentile score, 82.3% success rate versus press, according to the reception perception. 2014, Odell Beckham is the only rookie season that's higher. Justin Jefferson basically had OBJ's breakout rookie season last year, Travis, uh, is what we're all boiling down to. And he, he just didn't get all the hype. And I, it was very curious to me. I l- went back and looked at where Justin, uh, where OBJ went the year after his breakdown. And people were taking him as a top five wide receiver the year after he broke out. Well, the thing is, Justin Jefferson right now, in most of the mock drafts that we do on Monday nights, and if you haven't joined us yet, make sure you do hit that subscribe button so you you can join us on the mock drafts, but I'll tell you what, Justin Jefferson isn't a top five wide receiver off the board because, you know, as we're looking, we're in a lot of talent here and a lot of people aren't sure if Justin Jefferson is the real deal, but based on the stats, I'm telling you he's the real deal and you can kind of get him out of value as weird as that sounds as he's coming off as the fifth to, or I mean, as the, you know, seventh to 10th wide receiver off the board in mock drafts. And how good is Justin Jefferson? He broke it down there. Johnny did success rate versus man success rate versus press. If you want to be as good as Justin Jefferson, you better press like, and subscribe and follow us here at the fantasy whispers. Yeah. Best in the business. baby. Before we break down these next three, Johnny, we've got seven, eight, nine, I'm sorry, next four. Uh, if anybody is new to the channel, please hit subscribe. Please help us out. It helps grow the channel. We would appreciate it so much. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit just very quickly about DK Metcalf came in at seven before I, I, I get in on, on Adam Thielen as well. DK Metcalf, uh, the Seattle Seahawks had 83 receptions on 129 targets, 1,303 yards, 10 touchdowns. Johnny, this was a, a story of him taking that step forward. We knew last year in his rookie year he had monster attributes. He was a athletic freak. We knew he could get it done. And then he and Russell Wilson together were on a world beater uh, you know, pace this offseason or the beginning of the last season. 
you know, some struggles with that Seattle offense. And we'll see what happens with Russ Wilson. We talked about at the top of the show, if um, something goes uh, amiss, that would affect DK. But I I think Russ will be back. I think we'll, it'll be an opportunity for the both of them to kind of bounce back, uh, you know, fantasy-wise, regular season or regular football-wise. I think DK Metcalf's a fine pick to line up in the top five, you know, jump his, his previous spot of seven and, and maybe end up the number one. I want to also talk about Adam Thielen, Johnny. He finished his number eight uh, in last year's ranking, 74 receptions on 108 targets, 925 receiving yards, but 14 touchdowns. There was a point in the season where he and uh, Devontae Adams were just jostling for position in receiving touchdowns because Kirk Cousins just loves throwing Thielen the ball. You talked about this on our mock draft. There's going to be a cliff for Adam Thielen. We just don't know when that will be. I don't want to bet on it right now. Top 10 wide receiver in three out of the last four seasons will be 31 by the time next season starts. So there's a little bit of doubt with age there. If he plays all 16 games last year, I think that he probably gets a thousand receiving yards and he, you know, maybe another touchdown. So you're looking at a situation where Thielen is locked in at least chemistry wise with cousins. Now, does something change at the quarterback position? We've talked about that speculation. We don't know, but if Kirk cousins is there, sign me up for Adam Thielen. Last year, he was a great bargain wide receiver. You got great value on him. You'll get it again this year because people continue to doubt him. Johnny, it's now your turn. You, When we started to prep this show, you begged me to give you Tyler Lockett here. You had some things you wanted to say. Get off your chest about Tyler Lockett. So number nine coming in from last year's rankings, number nine in 2020 was Tyler Lockett, Johnny. Take it away. Uh, and I appreciate that. I definitely wanted to t- talk about Tyler Lockett one because, frankly, I was a little surprised when I was writing out this list or going over the top ten again. I thought that maybe uh, uh, the football sites that I had been checking had made a mistake and that the scores weren't right because I just remember Tyler Lockett disappearing on a lot of games, and so I was like very surprised to see him as a top nine wide receiver but here we are it's 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 the real deal it's the truth it really happened Tyler Lockett finished as a top 10 fantasy wide receiver last year and Travis looking at the numbers it's hard to see why not because he had 100 receptions on 132 targets kind of a a surprise to see him get 132 targets when you're talking about him sharing the uh the you know the the ball in the field with DK Metcalf, who uh, deserves a lot of targets, right? He turned those 100 receptions into 1,054 receiving yards. Pretty good on the outside looking in. Had a whopping 10 touchdowns, Travis, that we talk about how touchdowns really bring up a player's, uh, you know, total fantasy production score. And you're, you're seeing a big reason right there. I wanted to talk about Tyler Lockett so much because when you break him down on the outside, you might say, oh my goodness, Tyler Lockett is a major steal. He's going later in drafts. So you might say, hey, that's, that's a guy. Why is he going so late in drafts? That's a sleeper, right? Well, it's kind of like fool's gold, right? This he he reminds me a lot, and Travis will know because we talk about it a lot on the show. And these kind of players drive me nuts, but I hate to say it, he's he's a lot like Amari Cooper, and that he gets the vast majority of his his fantasy points from a few games. He is a very boom or bust type of player. If you look at what he did last year, right? He scored. 215 fantasy points in total last year. 111.4 of those points came in just four games. That's 
59% of his total fantasy production came in four games. The year uh, he scored single-digit fantasy points in 10 out of 16 games in 2020. In 2019, when we look at that picture to see, hey, was it maybe just something that we saw last year and, and that was just a one-year-off one thing? Well, no. In 2019, 50.9% of his total fantasy points, Travis, came in just four games. He did only have six single-digit fantasy games in 2019, so he was a little bit more consistent in 2019 than 2020, but... If you look at his entire past, he paints this picture, and you know how I am with these players that are boom or bust. I'd rather go with something that's a little bit more consistent uh, than a guy that's going to get me you know, the vast majority because then I'm going to get frustrated. I'm not going to know when to play him, or I'm going to get frustrated when he has a good matchup and I play him and he does nothing. And so I would highly encourage a lot of people who have Tyler Lockett maybe in a dynasty. I gotta, hey, I'm going to give shout-out and kudos to uh, a good friend in our dynasty, Jeremy, traded away Tyler Lockett. I thought he was absolutely nuts when he did it, and he actually turned turned out you got a haul for it and looking at the numbers I think he did a good job because he sold them when at what I think Tyler Lockett's peak value is and then if you're talking about if Russell Wilson does end up going and they end up getting another quarterback that's scary so uh yeah Tyler Lockett well, I, I think most of your that. arguments there are great about the concentration of the points in the games that he plays. Mm-hmm. The Russell Wilson thing, I, I'm, I don't want to speculate too much on what, what's going to happen to Tyler Loggett if Russell Wilson goes, because I don't think he's going anywhere. But it's a great point you made there about the concentration of the points there. I do want to just shout out here a little bit of Peter Fondano, my buddy PJ over there on Facebook, who just gave us a follow. Appreciate the follow, buddy, on Facebook. Yes. Appreciate uh, he that. says, J.J. Watt, let's go. Talking about let's. that J.J. Watt lose to uh, a Watt news to Arizona. So yeah. some nice, some not so nice things about the Packers says they stink. I didn't appreciate that one bit. Uh, and then he says this, that you have a sick sun's hat too, uh, Johnny. Oh, so he's giving you some love that. on that sun's hat. He's out there in Phoenix as well. So I think that's why yeah. he's uh, showing you some love. Big, oh big no, Phoenix it's because fan. he realizes and he's on the bandwagon, just like the rest of uh, the world is, is about to notice put the, the sons are putting people on notice. Before, I appreciate Peter in here. I appreciate Johnny, obviously, my partner here. Before we get to number 10, I want to thank everybody who's watched and everybody who is new to the channel. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button or follow button on any platform you are. Help us grow this channel. Hit that like button and give us a comment who you like in the top 10, who you think is going to be uh, the number one wide receiver for 2021. All right, our final number 10 uh, from the top 10 rankings in 2020, Mike Evans. So Mike Evans, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously 70 receptions on 109 targets, 1,006 receiving yards, and 13 touchdowns. Really heated up down the stretch, Johnny, because he had some up and down games Mm -hmm. through the beginning of the year, and he was not very easy to trust. You didn't know when we thought, oh, maybe because Godwin was out, maybe because of these other things. But he did heat it up, and he has never had under 1,000 receiving yards in one single season in his career. He's only had double-digit touchdowns three times, though, in that seven-year career. So there's some things working here against Mike Evans. They'll probably be just as stacked next year as far as receiving options. But there are some things working in his favor. He's going to have Tom Brady back. And another year with Tom Brady means just even more chemistry. And it's not like Mike Evans is like uh, coming off a cliff. And we know Tom Brady. I'm like, I'm done doubting Tom Brady. You'll never get me on Mike. Like he could throw six ducks in a row and I'm still going with Tom Brady. I think Mike Evans is a situation where he's going to be a nice buy low guy coming into next year because I think he's got room to grow here. 
Oh, absolutely. And I and I think that people continue to doubt him. But once again, he has never had under a thousand receiving yards in his career. I think that's that speaks for itself. That's the type of player that I like to have on my fantasy team. All right. Well, as we did last week when we did the running backs, I want to mention a list of guys here, Johnny, that are honorable mentions slash dark horses who could finish within the top 10. Michael Thomas, obviously not mentioned here, but a guy that always is within those top uh, guys. Julio Jones, another guy, Allen Robinson, A.J. Brown, Robert Woods. Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, you mentioned him earlier, Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, a couple rookies, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith. Johnny, of these guys, you had a you had a quick stat uh, about, you know, getting into that top 10. And then I wanted you to talk about who you think is is going to make it into that top 10 this year. Yeah, so uh, I was looking back on uh, just the past couple of years and you generally notice that Two of the previous 10 years uh, or previous years top 10 don't end up repeating as a top 10 wide receiver Two fall off either due to injury or maybe it was a year that they just, you know, had a, a really good season and they regress the next year. So with that being said, Travis, I'm going to say that. I, I, I think Tyler Lockett falls off this list. I don't think he is a top 10 wide receiver next year. And it's it's hard for me to say this, but uh, and and I don't like predicting these kind of things. But I do think it's I'm gonna get off the bandwagon here for Adam Thielen. I think it will. Justin Jefferson will take over and he'll be repeating. Uh, but I don't know if Kirk Cousins can once again repeat two top ten wide receivers. So that's where I would go with the two guys that would fall off. And I'm gonna do as my dark horse, Travis. I do end up think I do ultimately think that Devonte Adams repeats as the number one overall wide receiver, but I do think that my dark horse is AJ Brown. He finally gets up there. He finally has a full healthy season and really bosses out. And I think that AJ Brown uh, has a has he ends up being the surprise number one wide receiver next year. What, what do you think? I don't think AJ Brown's going to be the number one wide receiver. I think to fall out of the top ten, you did you did great work there. I, I, it's hard for me to pick anybody other than Tyler Lockett and Adam Thielen. I guess if you really wanted to make the case, you could say Calvin Ridley could fall out because so much of his points have been based on touchdowns, and that can be a little fluky in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Plus, we we could have a healthy uh, Julio Jones the entire year, which could bring down the yardage for Calvin Ridley bring down the usage. So I'll say just for the sake of argument that it's Calvin Ridley and Adam Thielen that, that drop out of this. Uh, and I'll say going into the top 10, I think Michael Thomas is a no brainer to get back yeah. into the top 10. Yeah. And, and I'm going to go with Julio Jones as well. I'm going to go with Julio Jones getting back into the top 10. I, I have a lot of faith that Julio will come back, have a healthy season. If you look at some of the stats from guys as they aged, you know, Terrell Owens, uh, Randy Moss, Andre Johnson, some of these guys as they aged were still putting up great numbers as long as they played the games they were in. And I think that's all Julio's got to do is suit up, and he's guaranteed 100 yards like that. So for me, I'm going to take Julio and Michael Thomas and put them back in the top 10, pull those two out that I said there. But Whisper Nation, we want to know what you think. Make sure in the comments below you're telling us who you think will fall out of the top 10, who will make it into the top 10, and, of course, who will be the number one wide receiver in fantasy in 2021. Johnny, any final thoughts for today's show? Yes, my final thoughts for for today's show, because I know you're trying to skim over it. Shout out to my boys, Phoenix Suns. They whooped up on those Lakers. Uh, Shout out to them without Devin Booker. That was a little trash. But uh, it's good to see that the Suns are finally back. 
and it's fun to have the rivalry with the Lakers. Look, back. I don't, I don't want to take anything away from the Suns, so I won't. I won't mention that Anthony Davis was not playing and that we're not at full strength. Uh, I won't mention any of those things uh, there. <laughs> you know, I won't mention that Kyle Kuzma wasn't playing in that game. You know, I won't mention that uh, Marcus Saul was out as well. I won't do that. I will just say congrats to the Suns for finally getting a win over the Lakers. That's nice. Uh, but we're not worried about games in March, Johnny. We're worried about games in the summertime. So come back at me with that same energy if we meet in the playoffs, and we'll just have to see about that. But I, I honestly, I am, you know, all kidding aside, the Suns have been an exciting story along with Joel Embiid, along with yeah. Utah Jazz and Devon. Um, and uh, God, now I blink. I just I can't believe Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. I almost called him Devonta Smith. You know, we're crossing the <laughs> over Cross, here. It's not for me. But I think uh, a little NBA talk was fun here at the yeah. end. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travi. We're the Fantasy Whispers. We'll see you next time. We're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers. 